Welcome to the Square Root Podcast, Episode 2. Kyle Breaks Kayfabe. So, Brian, did you ever play the original Doom? I might have played it once. I remember watching you play it. Well, we had we got like a a disc of like a demo of the game. We didn't actually have the game itself. <laughs> yes. And uh, we had we had a lot of that. We had Hexen. Um, what was the what was the um Descent? Descent. Yeah. We had Hexen, Descent, and Doom. And I think they they were all in like a three pack. I think we got them at the dollar store. Mm-hmm. You could get demos of these PC games. And I think you were upset because the cheats for Doom didn't work on the demo <laughs> set. So. Warcraft. Warcraft was another one. Yes. I remember that uh, I'm very proud to say that I played the original Warcraft, yes. the demo, but I played all, the original. All three levels of it, yes. All three levels that we had available. And but they still in that you could still click on them and what what do you want? Why do you keep touching me? Stop poking me! And that was like, my, I would just click them all day long. Yes. So anyways, Doom. Doom's been through a lot of ups and downs. Uh, Doom 2, I believe, introduced uh, multiplayer. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty big. It was very it was very much Quake. Quake was a, um, they're just very fast-paced. Arena shooters is what they're called. And they're very fast-paced in like this generally smaller map and you do a lot of jumping and running and like climbing on walls and jumping off of walls and all sorts of stuff like that and i loved them i was big into unreal tournament and unreal tournament 2004 loved those games and those games arena shooters actually ruined games like halo for me because halo is so slow paced Mm -hmm. like until halo reach which was the fifth or sixth iteration of halo Mm -hmm. it was when they stopped numbering them they stopped numbering them yes (laughs) um it was so slow to me, but oh, but 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 until Halo Reach, they 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 didn't have a sprint, and even then, sprint was your special ability. So if you chose a character who had rocket pack, you didn't sprint; you just had a rocket pack. Yeah. If you chose a guy with this type of special grenade launcher, you didn't have sprint. So only the one person. Anyways, it drove me nuts. So arena shooters ruined other first-person shooters for me, and rightfully so because they were so much better. Uh, so anyways, Doom went through some ups and downs. They had Doom three come out the same time as Halo 2 and Half-Life 2. And I remember this because I was in speech class at the time in college. Um, And I had a really cool speech professor. His name was Arnold Wood. And there were two speech professors that you took at the school. Um, There was the guy who made you dress up in a suit and tie. And then there was Arnold Wood, who was uh, the type of professor who would wear a Hawaiian shirt and shorts, like khaki shorts and sandals to to teach every day. That sounds familiar. (laughs) So... Uh, Arnold Wood was obviously the one I chose right. and I'm glad I did because he encouraged us pick topics you're passionate in because that's mm. when you'll speak well. And I'm I've gonna, really taken that to heart. I'm, I'm going to add that for a future topic. Mm-hmm. Go right ahead. So uh, I got, it was one of my best classes in college. Um, and you'd actually be surprised to, to hear, what do you think my best academic class was at college and my best overall class grade wise? Um, my first guess would be the speech class because that's the one you're talking about. Well, that was my second highest your grade. Second highest grade. Um, I think I got a 98 in that class. I'm I'm gonna go with English. No, I was terrible at English. Okay. What's wrong with you? No, I, that would be a shocker. No, statistics. Okay. I did so good at statistics, and what was cool about it? I'm going on a real tangent here, but we'll, mm-hmm. we'll come back to it. Yes. Uh, in statistics, I had a really cool class because it was a bit. It was also a bit marketing mm-hmm. because we would look at like. Um, a marketing slogan or something and explain why it's statistically and, and theoretically and linguistically isn't what it really means. 
Okay. And then we look at the statistics, and it, it was it was I don't remember how it exactly so, related to statistics. So but. like you you had to deconstruct advertising claims, correct, basically. Correct. Okay. And so there was statistics involved in. Anyways, it, it usually involved numbers. That's where the statistics came in. Like one right. of them was we're U.S. number we're the U.S. number one Ford dealership in Jacksonville, and and like there were like other dealerships got mad at them. It was a car dealership, obviously. Um, other dealerships got mad at them, saying you can't say that you're the best dealership in the U. No, 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 no. We're the best. Ford dealership on US one in Jacksonville, US one being a road, right. but the way they phrased it made it sound like it they US were like number one, number one. Yeah. So and that was the type of stuff we, we, we looked at. So anyways, back to what I was saying. Um, I did a speech on why half-life two is better than doom three and halo two. That was one of my speeches. The only speech I did that wasn't related to video games or Homestar runner was the very first speech that we had to do on a, on another classmate of ours. Mm hmm. And the one I had to do a speech on, she was like, I don't know if she was a foreign exchange student or just hadn't been in America very long, but I failed miserably at the speech because I couldn't pronounce any of her like family names. Okay. I, it was, it was, it was, I was horrible. And I was like stuttering over everything, but like every other speech I did was on these things. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I did a lot of research, <laughs> a lot of research on why Doom 3, Halo 2 and Half-Life 2, like, you know, why, why, why Doom 3 and Halo 2 couldn't compare to Half-Life mm -hmm. 2. I still stand by that. But Doom 3 was good. Okay. And that was like the new rebirth of Doom. Like, oh, this is when the graphics are going to look good and all this stuff. Where, um, where does the movie fit into the the Doom timeline? Because um, that's the last thing I remember hearing about it. Wasn't didn't that have the Rock? It did have the it Rock. Did have the Rock. I don't think it did really well. I want to say it came out soon after Doom Three did. Okay. I think it was kind of alongside it because mm -hmm. Doom Three was kind of the revival, and then we're like, hey, by the way, we have a movie coming out mm -hmm. with. Dwayne the Rock Johnson so with first person view with a chainsaw and everything. Yes, yes. Um, which I want to see that new movie. What's yes, that? the um, Harry something, <laughs> we, we uh, the chess cam movie. Yes, yeah, I yes, think that I want to see that. So cool. Yes. Uh, so, anyways, Doom is. I think there was also a Doom four after that. This is officially Doom five. But okay, as video game companies do now for some reason, they're just calling it Doom. Okay, which drives me nuts. Don't call it. You know, the Tomb Raider has done this. Doom has done this. I feel like Valve, just to make us mad at them, isn't. they're not going to call Half-Life 3 Half-Life 3. They're just mm -hmm. going to go back to calling it Half-Life or something mm -hmm. just to spite us so that we'll never get Half-Life 3. Uh, so this new Doom came out. There was a beta for the multiplayer the same weekend as the beta for Overwatch and Battleborn. Mm -hmm. I did not play the Doom multiplayer beta for good reason. It was terrible. Mm -hmm. Now, the Doom game has a multiplayer and a single player aspect to it. The multiplayer was developed by people who made the Halo 5 multiplayer. Don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure that's right. But it was some, It was a team that didn't make an arena shooter. Right. That wasn't their forte. And they made a non-arena shooter. And mm -hmm. so Doom people were like, this isn't what we wanted. So then they were like, well, the single player is being made by Bethesda, who okay. made Skyrim and Fallout games and that's all that stuff. So people were like, oh, this is going to be cool. Like, I actually went into it thinking... So this is going to go one of two ways. This is either going to be very different in terms of Doom because mm -hmm. Bethesda does these big open world games. And that's not what Doom is. Doom is a straightforward shoot em up. Just just blow all the demons brains out. It's, it's very corridor based. Is yeah, the way I yeah, it's yeah. very linear. And it's it's just you're just going to you're just there to kill people. Right. Which is kind of what we're getting at. Well, they didn't release the single player early for reviewers. Mm -hmm. That made people nervous. Mm -hmm. When you don't give reviewers review copies, people assume, oh, it's going to suck. It's going to be so bad. You know, they're not letting people play it ahead of time. 
Is, didn't um didn't the folks behind Snakes on a Plane actually use that as part of the marketing? Was we want the fans to see it first and yeah, not I have think, to worry about yeah. the critics. Mm-hmm. That that was their way of explaining yeah. that, if I remember. There are too many reviews for this movie. Um, yeah, sorry. Um, so, so the the game comes out. Single player comes out. Everyone flips their lid. It is so good. Okay. It is so true to Doom, to the point where they give the game a story. Mm-hmm. And if you, for some reason, care about the story, you can delve into it. But the protagonist of this game makes the game. Because in the very opening sequence, I don't know if he like wakes up or something, but he, he wakes up or, or gets up or walks into a room and there's a demon. Mm-hmm. So he like you know, bashes the demon's head in and kills the demon. He turns, he looks, he gets his iconic suit and he puts it on and he turns and he grabs this like this monitor and he's looking at this monitor and this guy comes on the screen or whatever and talking to him like, you know, Marine, the demons from Mars and hell and blah, 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 and all this. Did you know it's like like demons on Mars? Is that, that's the Yeah, story I remember line? that. I, I remember being I confused. Did, I never knew that. That's weird. Yeah. And so anyways, the guy is, is, is spouting exposition, and the protagonist proceeds to take the screen, like rip it off the console and throw it down. Because mm-hmm. he's like, I don't care. I just want to go kill demons. <laughs> so the protagonist himself doesn't care about the story. The, the protagonist himself is the type of personality that is interested in the game. Yes. They are acknowledging, we know you don't care about the story. <laughs> Even the protagonist, the Marine, doesn't care about the story. And I just thought, what a neat aspect to a game that I don't think has ever existed. Mm-hmm. Because they're acknowledging, look, we know you don't care about the story. You don't need to care about the story. You just need to play the game and kill demons in the coolest fashion you can imagine. And mm-hmm. it's really, really cool. I was really proud of him for doing that. And that was a new thing I'd never heard of, so I thought you might appreciate that. That is interesting. That's cool. That's appealing. So uh, my first short topic, which again, I'm sure will not be short. Um, <laughs> I, and disclaimer, I'm sure they're not going to do anything with this. But uh, I, I, I want to build up to this because I posted this on Facebook Um probably about a week or two ago and got some interesting discussion on it. So we're going to bring it up here as well. So uh, Captain America Civil War has been out for about a month now, I think. Um, it'll at least have been out for a month by the time this goes up, I'm sure. Have I told you my thoughts on that movie? And I haven't seen it, but I have thoughts. Uh, I, I, you have not. I know your general thoughts toward Marvel movies are negative, but uh, but I would love I'll to go hear in. your thoughts. When you're on done, it. I'll give you my when, thoughts when I'm, on Okay. It. This, this might actually make it more interesting to you. You never know. Um, so... Uh, of course, the big scene in the movie is the big fight between the two halves of the mm-hmm. Avengers, um, including the two folks who get thrown onto the Avengers solely for the sake of the fight, <laughs> which they totally play up in the movie. Like, like it's very obvious the Ant-Man and Spider-Man get brought in just so they can round out their numbers. Which, let me say, I have not seen a Marvel movie in, in uh, other than Deadpool. I haven't seen a Marvel movie in forever. But I really want to see Ant Man now that I know it's um, um, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, yes, because I love Paul he's Rudd. Ama- he's amazing, at it. and he totally plays it up in this movie that he is the unheard of superhero who is literally <laughs> just there to round out Captain America's numbers. He, you know, he That's goes funny. in, he's and he says, "Oh my gosh, Captain America! I can't believe it's you! I'm still shaking your hand. I should probably let go now." <laughs> and then uh, he he has this this little you know 
two-second confrontation with Iron Man because his mentor is uh, uh, had had a conflict with Tony's father, and he says, "Oh, that's right, never trust a Stark." And Tony Stark just looks at him and says, "Who are you again?" And as the camera pans away, he goes, "Seriously, nobody knows I'm Ant Man," <laughs> because they played that up in the Ant Man movie that he's this unheard of superhero yeah. that's actually pretty powerful. Which I heard the Ant Man movie was really good. It's very good. I enjoy I, I do it. want yeah. to see that one. Um, Evangeline Lilly is also in it oh, as, cool. the, as the female lead. Yes. Oh, cool. Um, and so, so they totally played it in the middle of the series movie. They totally played it up as here's these two superheroes who they're literally here for the fight and they're literally here to be the comic relief of an otherwise mm. kind of serious could be dark if, if they weren't in bright costumes yeah. movie, you know, but anyway, in the middle of this fight scene, uh, it takes place at an airport in the middle of it. In this couple of shots, you see this airport stair car. I have seen this. You have seen this. And and at first I thought, oh, it's like the Arrested Development stair car. You will get hop-ons. You, you'll, you're going to get hop-ons. And and not once during the fight did they hop onto the stair car. I was so disappointed. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. They put that in there. Maybe it was an Arrested Development reference. Maybe it wasn't. People. So I went back and Googled Arrested Development stair car, Captain America Civil War. Sure enough, other people have picked up on it. And it is, in fact, the Bluth yes, stair car. Yes, when it you, has. When you take the still image. When you, you take see. the still image, you can see the Bluth logo. So here's a little, here's a little uh, um, uh, disclaimer about me. I take these Easter eggs and cameos very seriously. Yeah. And since I was a kid, in my head, anytime a character from one show appeared on another show, I logged that in my head as these shows take place in the same universe. Mm-hmm. Short example of that. So back in the glory days of ABC, when people would watch ABC for comedy, not for Lost. Um, <laughs> so, so there were these two shows on Friday night. They're incredibly popular, Full House and Family Matters, mm-hmm. and one right after the other. So as they were rising in popularity, they had Jaleel White, guest star on Full House, as Steve Urkel. For no real reason, he just kind of showed up at the door and gave this pep talk to Stephanie and then walked off. And it was like, <laughs> to this day, I can't remember why he was on the show except to give her a pep talk. So in my mind, I log in, okay, full house, family matters, same universe. Okay, they, 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 they can cross-pollinate between those. Um, a, maybe it was a year or two later, Jill White again guest stars as Steve Urkel, this time on Step by Step, which was the, uh, the, the edgier ABC comedy mm-hmm. at the time, uh, though probably wasn't terribly edgy at it, all. Well, the, the difference is the kids were older. Yeah, yeah, the kids the were majority, older. Yeah. It, w- it was too... Uh, single parent families coming together. So it was, it, yeah. it, it was edgier than, than, you know, family matters or something. Yeah. And so Jalil White guest stars in step by step. So in my mind, I log in, okay, family matters, same universe as step by step. Therefore, logically step by step in the same universe, full house, mm-hmm. except it might not have even been a year later. It might've been later that season. One of the characters sitting around watching an episode of full house, commenting on what's going on on full house. Oh. So you have Full House in the same universe as Family Matters, in the same universe as Step by Step, and yet Full House is a TV show on Step by Step. Wow. So so Step by Step is both our universe and, and Full House universe. Yes. Yes. So that was... You know there's a thing for this. It's... um, And I can't remember the name. There's a name for this. Have I talked to you about that? This, is this the Tommy Westfall universe? Yes. The yes, Tommy Westfall yes. universe. So okay. all television shows supposedly are a dream within Tommy Westfall's brain basically all yeah. and that's why all these people look similar and that they can cross pollinate etc so anyway getting back to civil war so this places in my mind um arrested development in the same universe as as the mcu mm-hmm. which you know no big deal okay so the blues might run into captain america that might be funny no big deal except things get a little more interesting because uh in the third season of arrested development richard bell's guest stars 
as Detective John Munch from the Law and Order franchise. Mm -hmm. And he's he is in character. He's not just there as Richard Belzar. He is there as Detective Munch <laughs> trying to investigate the Bluth family. Okay, so that means Law and Order is in the same universe as the MCU. Okay, so that's kind of that's kind of weird because Law and Order is is not sci-fi fantasy at all. It's a, yeah, it's, no. it's I mean they 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 have the most uh, inept crime scene investigators in Law and Order because the crime scene people never give you anything useful, mm. right? What makes that another step interesting is Richard Belzar uh, guest starred on an episode of The X Files again mm. as John Munch investigating this thing that had happened wow. so you follow the steps this little stair car easter Files egg did that i it was probably i think it was like one of the writers or directors was a buddy with him and said hey do you want to guest star on this because he wasn't really involved in the episode it was more a narration thing where he was oh. interviewing one of the lone gunmen but he came in and said i'm detective john munch with the baltimore police department because this was actually taking place before he was assigned to law and order when he was in some show that took place in boston i forget wow. what it was so, I, just, I just would have thought a show that took themselves a bit more seriously yeah. wouldn't have, hey, let's bring in a character from another TV yeah, show, you yeah, know? Yeah. But so the net result of this is, if you want to get technical, X-Files now takes place in the same universe as the MCU. And here's the connection to the Tommy Westfall universe uh -huh. is uh, the props for the cigarette smoking man cigarettes mm -hmm. is a common brand cigarette used in mm -hmm. movies and TV shows. And that's what connects X-Files with the Tommy Westfall universe. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. So my thoughts, here's my thing on Civil War. Yes, please. When I first heard about the Civil War, I was talking with- Oh, uh, you did say, You did tell me this, but yeah. I'd, I'd love yeah, to yeah, yeah. There's, 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 I think there's probably a little bit more than what I told you, but so I was talking yeah. with some youth at church, or I would rather, I walked up to their conversation. I walked up and I hear one of them say, dude, did you hear that Spider-Man's going to be in the Civil War movie? Now, that was all I heard. <laughs> Spider-Man in a Civil War movie. And I went, really? I thought- that's kind of cool. Spider-Man in the Civil War, you know, the North and the South and Spider-Man, you know, freeing slavery and all this stuff, you know. I thought that would be pretty neat. They go, no, like Captain America, Avengers, Civil War, the Avengers fighting each other. I went, well, that's lame. And they're like, why? I said, because a monkey could write, produce, direct, and market that film and make billions of dollars. It writes itself. I want them to do something challenging. Like, you know... Obviously, it's going to be good if you have all of these characters lined up. But then the icing on the cake was the trailer. Mm -hmm. Where, and I don't remember who's who. I, I think somebody corrected me on it. I was talking to, I, I've told the story so much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I told it this morning to my Sunday school class. So, uh, is it Spider-Man that joins, Spider-Man joins Iron Man? Uh, yeah, Spider-Man joins with Iron Man. Okay. Because, maybe, maybe this might make it better or worse, I don't know. Tony actually becomes a little bit of a mentor to Peter Parker because he sees him as a younger version of himself. And they've actually, they, this is where Marvel He's is. He's just doing it get, to get closer to the hot Aunt May. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He walks into the apartment. Everybody goes, who is that? And then he says, oh, hi, Aunt May. And everybody goes, what? <gasps> but they make a joke about it in the film. Oh, that's funny. And he who says, was it? Gwyneth Paltrow? No, 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 because she's Pepper Potts. No, it's oh, right. um, oh, yeah, Marissa yeah. Torme. That's right. Yeah. And so they even make a joke about it. Tony walks in and he says, how is that your aunt? <laughs> like they actually call attention. <laughs> well, and to I it. know Spider-Man is very yeah. young in this film. Yeah. So, yeah, he's 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 high school Spider-Man. But they right before Civil War came out, they announced, oh, by the way, Robert Downey Jr. is going to appear in the next Spider-Man movie as Tony Stark. Oh, so cool. they are going to continue that relationship okay. between them. It and, like. and maybe I'll get back into the Spider-Man because I heard he did a really good job. He did a very good job. It was, it, so, it, it was all the best parts of Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man without the 
which Pokey I was okay is, with that yeah. in the first of his Spider-Man. Yeah. The, after that, yeah. I got tired of him. Anyways, anyway, sorry. my problem with the trailer is, you know, <clears throat> Tony Stark, Iron Man's like, listen, you gotta, you gotta, I'm gonna give you one more chance before I bring out the big dogs. And, you know, Captain America's like, no, I won't budge. Okay. He does a little <laughs> dog whistle and it's Spider-Man. And I'm like, that's your that's your trump card. That, yeah. Spider Man is your trump card. Like I, I was Spider Man, but come on. I was actually watching for that in the movie, mm-hmm. having had that conversation with you. the The trailer actually is spliced a little Cuts bit differently, differently than the movie. Yeah, yeah. And so it's not okay. Spider Man is my secret weapon. It's more uh, they don't even know who all is on each other's team because oh. they're all kind of like approaching from different vectors and whatever. Yeah. And so uh, Spider Man is actually one of the first ones that hmm. appears. And he, of course, he does it so that he can get, you know, the shield away from Captain America, you know, so it's this big intimidating moment. What, what, when, what I was waiting for, I was like, well, they just showed Ant-Man suiting up. And so I was waiting for it. And sure enough, they do a zoom in and here's Ant-Man climbing up the shield (laughs) and he picks it up, throws Spider-Man to the ground and tosses it back to Captain America while he's like changing size. That's cool. Yeah. But yeah, I just, and, and I, and I totally acknowledge that I, I went into that critique going, this is a problem I have with the trailer itself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I just feel like they take that's and I understand this is a classic storyline. Yeah. But I feel like it's taking a, an easy way out. Mm-hmm. I would I would love to see them do a period piece on like what would happen if Spider Man existed in the Civil War. Yeah, yeah, and 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 when when you said that, my mind went you know racing with ideas. Is is Spider Man traveling back in time to the Civil War, or is it somebody a soldier gets bit by a radioactive it's, yeah, spider? It's a retelling. Become, it's, yeah, it's like yeah. like like Zelda. Yeah. It's it's just a retelling of. Yeah. This, of this You're not supposed mythical to fit it together. Yeah. yeah. As an update, the name of that movie was Hardcore Henry. <laughs> so, Brian. So, Kyle. Being on YouTube, have you learned about the uh, automated DMCA takedowns? I have heard of this on Hello Internet, a oh, okay. delightful podcast featuring two generally intelligent guys who talk to each other about things that they should probably know about. It sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah check out hello internet it's really good so uh there was a really funny dmca takedown recently mm-hmm. and initially when you hear the story you go oh fox fox is the bad guy no 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 no. fox isn't the bad guy YouTube's, for once <laughs> yeah for once youtube's algorithms mm-hmm. are the bad guy or is algorithm what? i have to say algorithms because i can only assume there are multiple yeah. in what, play. what what do these algorithms do uh basically what they do is they scan the audio and video of any video that is uploaded on youtube and goes is this copyrighted mm-hmm. is this does this belong to someone else and i don't have a problem with that on the surface mm-hmm. but there really needs to be someone proactively kind of going through it especially for like big things mm-hmm like this, for instance. So what happened was Fox on a recent Family Guy episode had, I believe it was um, Peter and Cleveland playing an old like Atari football game or no basketball game. And it's a classic known glitch in the game that if you shoot from like the top right corner, maybe the top left corner to the top corner of the three point line, if you shoot it from there, it's a 100 percent shot. You will always hit it. And so Cleveland goes, now, Peter, don't do that cheaty shot up there in the corner. And then they show a clip of him doing it. And Cleveland's all, that's what I was talking about. <laughs> and so so they got this clip from a guy on YouTube. I can only assume that Fox contacted this guy and said, hey, we would like to use your YouTube clip of this game 
rather than them recreating it on an Atari exactly, themselves. Exactly. They can find a clip. There's no reason to, to for them to have to go back and redo it. So um, I would assume, I don't know that for sure, but I would assume that they contacted the guy and got his permission. So it's fine. Of course the guy says, of course, you're, you're, you're Fox. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure, have it. So they put it in the show. That show then gets uploaded, you know, to YouTube's database where it scans because Fox is actively telling YouTube, we want you to scan our show mm-hmm. and find clips of it on the internet, which is why you see when you find clips of the office, it office, it's usually flipped horizontally and like cropped funny okay. because then it gets past the, the automated systems, mm-hmm. uh, which frustrates me because I always want to send people office clips. And so is that why there's so many office uh, animated gifts? Probably. That and there's just so many gift that, moments. There's from just the so many good, like, yeah. quotable moments. Yeah, sorry. Um, so YouTube's algorithm goes to work. It scans the Family Guy episode, which was in 2016, I believe, 2016. Mm-hmm. It scans the Family Guy episode, mm-hmm. and then it scans this video from 2009 and says, "No, no, that belongs to Fox." And so there was a there was a copyright claim on this video from this guy who gave the video to Fox. Now. It was cleared up in the long run. Right. But it's a sign of that Google, while I love their algorithms and they know search, there are some things that even they don't think about. Yeah. Like it, a simple check date in yes, there would be sufficient. That's all it needed. Um, I just thought that was really, really funny mm-hmm. that that maybe, maybe robots becoming self-aware is a very dangerous thing or quote unquote self-aware. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's, that's what that, like my, that's where my mind goes with that is maybe they won't ever be perfect because we're not perfect. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's really what it sums up mm-hmm. as. So I would hope that Google learns from this. And like you said, I had a check date in there. Let's just hope your impression of Cleveland was not so good <laughs> that YouTube triggers this video oh, no. as a copyright violation. I actually, I actually don't know. I'm not bad at impressions, but not necessarily that one. Well, now you'll be able to hear it on the video and this evaluate is, this it. This is true. This is true. <laughs> I, I am very late to this game uh, because I remember seeing – I want to talk about an app that I found recently. I laughed when I saw this note on there because now I'm – you're going to talk about it, and then I'm going to say, here's the ones you're probably better using. Okay, yeah, because I would love advice on this. So <laughs> let, me, let, me, let, me give the, let me give the context of this. Um, I need to be kept apprised of some news developments. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, right? I, you know, who – you know, which politician – uh, doesn't know Venn diagrams. Well, that one I actually did care about because that's Venn diagrams. But um, <laughs> not the politician. Yeah, not the politician them- themselves, but like the fact that people running for president don't know how to draw a Venn diagram. Um, but you know, like stuff like that, I don't particularly care about. But you know, developments in you know physics research, mm-hmm. uh, programming, um, educational stuff that you know I need to be kept updated on. And it's kind of difficult to you know corral it all into one mm-hmm. space and so i started googling uh you know i what sorry what i wanted was a pandora like app for uh for news sources to basically mm-hmm. where i could say i'm interested in stories like this i'm not interested in stories like this so i started searching you know i'm looking for an app like pandora for a news feed and of course what did i get but a whole bunch of questions about the pandora news feed did you know pandora has a news feed i did not i did not either is it about like upcoming albums and i i think it might be more like your friends activity like for people who share their activity on pandora which i don't entirely understand but um 
And so finally, I ended up finding this thing, Flipboard, which I think was was available on like the very first iPad I had uh, like seven years ago. And I said, oh, that's what this is. And so I was kind of excited about it. Unless you thumbs up and thumbs down stories. The problem I'm, or the question I'm running into is how finely grained the uh, the article characteristics are. Because mm-hmm. like, for example, today I thumb, I gave a thumbs down to an article. It was on a subject I was interested in, quantum mechanics. It was, uh, it was proposing some new like quantum mechanics interpretation. But I gave a thumbs down because it was a self-published article. It wasn't a gotcha. journal article or a summary of a journal article. And so I thought, well, if I give this thing a thumbs down, is it going to interpret that as I'm not that interested in quantum mechanics? Or is it going to search for things like this came from this type of source? You know. And so it's it's been working out fine so Kinda far. Kind of like in Pandora. Like, I like this artist, but I don't like this song. Yeah. And so I'm going to let it play because I don't want you to think I don't like Coldplay, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, not that I can think of a single Coldplay song I don't like. I've just, that's the first I'm band sh- that came to mind. I'm sure they'll make one eventually. I don't know. I have yet to find it after like eight albums. I'm one of those weirdos. Uh, yeah. So here's the thing. Flipboard might be what you need because it, you're right. It is a bit more Pandora-like. Yeah. It's not a, I'm subscribed to these feeds. I'm subscribed yeah. to these blogs. Yeah. Uh, what I use is Feedly. Feedly. Feedly, yep. Spelled and just I should like say, I've I've been on Feed Dotly, or just, no, it's it's. Just I think feed. it's Feedly.com. Dang you just search Bitly, for Feedly. You train me. Yeah. Wrong. And and I should say, I've been in Flipboard for like a week, and so I'm not particularly attached to it. I haven't, you know, developed all these great feeds and everything yet. Well, Feedly was a fine app, mm-hmm. but what happened was Feedly was around back when Google Reader was around. Mm-hmm. I loved Google Reader. I used the mess out of Google Reader. Mm-hmm. This was when I worked at a tech job at a pharmaceutical place. Mm-hmm. And I had downtime because if I didn't have any projects in the office to do and I didn't have any phone calls coming in from nurses with broken printers, I had nothing to do. So I read articles on mm-hmm. – and, and it, I mean, I was subscribed to tons of things. Now, granted, I didn't actually do a whole lot of reading, but I'd find articles every now and then that I yeah. actually wanted to read. Well, when Google announced that Google Reader was going down, it was like, uh-oh. What do we do? Like, I've been, I have this finely crafted news, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, aggregate. Yes, aggregate. Yes. You, you, had, you had curated. Yes, yeah, that's, yes. That's a word. nice curated news site for me. Mm-hmm. Feedly came along and said, ooh, we'll import all that for you. <laughs> By the way, we're a good app. And it was. Well it was done, a, Feedly. Well yes. done. And so everybody from, from uh, Google Reader migrated to Feedly. Mm-hmm. And, like, left all these other news apps in the dust. And I think yeah. Flipboard was still around in that time, but the difference was, the difference was Flipboard was much more topic-based. Feedly is definitely a – you. I think you can do topics, but it's much more here are the news sites that you enjoy. And okay. you can categorize them. You can look at them all mixed together. Mm-hmm. Um, it it does a really nice job. It has a nice interface of, of swiping. Like, mm-hmm. if, you, if you look at a page of, like, I think it shows you five or six at a time. It, and it's also – Flipboard, I had a problem with Flipboard because it was such, it was it was trying to be eye candy. It was mm-hmm. so visual with yeah. pictures. Feedly is much more, it has a thumbnail, but then it has the article title yeah. and the first like, you know, starting sentences, first yeah. starting paragraph of the article. And so if you skim through that page and you don't see anything you like, you just swipe long to the left mm-hmm. and it marks them all as red and then mm-hmm. you move on. And I should say, uh, I'm a little bit wary of Feedly's characterization or categorizations ever since a couple days ago. 
under board games. It had an article about a basketball game. You flipboard? Or flipboard. Yeah. What did I say? You said you said Feedly. I'm already on Feedly, apparently. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a little wary of, of Flipboard's categorization because they I, I subscribed to, uh, or I followed, whatever the term is, a board game topic. And it had a basketball article because presumably <laughs> it had the word board somewhere, like points on the board yeah. and the word game somewhere. And it said, oh, this must be about board mm. games. No, not really. And so then I thought, well, I don't want to thumbs down this because I don't want to tell I'm not interested in board games, but I'm not interested in basketball games. That's really funny. Yeah. yeah so so try and, try Feedly okay. out. And, um, and and really the, 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 the reason I'm interested in this is I was relying a bit on Google, on the Google Now newsfeed mm-hmm. where it shows you these cards. And it, it just seems like the stuff I want to see never makes it up to the top. But the stuff I search for once yeah, ends yeah. up being, oh, you search for this. Here's more information about it. I said, no, no, I, I just needed the one website that I found. I don't, I don't need more and more updates <laughs> about that topic. A bit more about how I use Feedly. Yeah. Feedly isn't actually where I read the news. Mm-hmm. Feedly is where I find it. Mm-hmm. And then I curate it even further into Pocket. Which used to be called something else. I, I have gotten on Instapaper, which I think is similar. It's to very Pocket. similar to Pocket. A Pocket is uh, Instapaper is good. Um, I just like Pocket graphically; it's more pleasing to me. Mm-hmm. But Pocket does a good job, as does Feedly, at like stripping out everything but the text. Mm-hmm. Generally, uh, obviously, some websites block that. Stupid yeah. websites. Um, <laughs> let me read your articles easily on my app. Yeah. Uh, but so I send it to Pocket, and you can send a Pocket from anywhere. Like you know, especially on an Android. Man, you get an email, you want to read it later in Pocket, you send that sucker to Pocket. Mm-hmm. It's it. So I like Pocket. I use Feedly and Pocket for my news. Okay. So I, if I'm not in the mood to read, but I want to curate something to maybe read later, and Pocket will download it offline. Feedly isn't an offline reader. Pocket is an offline reader. Mm-hmm. So if you're not if you're mm-hmm. not in a Wi-Fi area, yeah. you can you can read it offline. Yeah. So Brian, do you need to clap first? Oh yeah, let's clap. We need to get a fancy board. Yes. What do they call those things? Is it a clapboard? <laughs> what do you call the movie director's board? Is it called a clapboard? Our producer says it's a clapboard. Thank you, um, producer. Um, what was his name? Klaus. Klaus. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, Klaus. Klaus. <laughs> so, Brian, we have... we. We have a common theme in our lives um, and in our personalities that we like to start new things. We yes. like to take on projects. Um, and, and my biggest one has been YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and I live, I live my life with a philosophy of find a job, find, uh, find, find an educate, get an education for a job that will make you money. Mm-hmm. Then get that job that makes you enough money to live. Then find a hobby. Mm-hmm. Then start doing that hobby. Then once you've gotten good enough at that hobby, see if you can find ways to make money with that hobby. And so I did. That was I was working in a pharmaceutical place, and mm-hmm. I started doing graphic design. Graphic design was my new hobby. Lo and behold, like four years later, church calls up. Hey, we need a director of communications. And you helped us design our website and our new logo, which <clears throat> was the funniest thing. Quick story on the logo for the church. Initially, like... It was this huge list of things that they wanted the logo to be in. We wanted to personify the idea of like looking out of out of a window and into the world. And I'm like, what? <laughs> but it's a, it's just it's just a logo. <laughs> so I ended up like doing these different things with like circles and squares and like different all the ideas, trying to encompass all the ideas. And I finally like just I just like got frustrated. And I'm like, okay, 
not at them, but at me, because I, I, I was new to graphic design and I was like, is this, is this what I'm supposed to be feeling? <laughs> or is this just me being inept at graphic design? <clears throat> so then I was like, okay, let me just find a font that says the church name in a way that looks really cool. Mm-hmm. And I found one and I was like, Oh, this is good. I like this one. And then what if I just put some, just times new Roman of the rest of the church name and a line here and oh, I love it. It's not a logo, but it's a logo. Like I, I, you know, generally I'm against the idea of logos that are just a font, Yeah, but it worked and they loved it. They went back and they were like, it doesn't say anything from what we said and we love it. Um, so, so anyways, so it was the opposite of the experience of the oatmeal comic about the web designer. Correct. Yes. Correct. So congratulations. Yeah. So now, now that job has now that hobby became my job. So I needed a new hobby. Like not that I don't love my job, but I right. needed a new hobby and that hobby became YouTube. And luckily, you know, I already had the, the video editing background and the graphic design background and, um, audio stuff background. So it was fairly easy to jump into YouTube and I love video games. So let's combine it all. Right. So I did it and uh, well, I haven't made any money off of it yet, but I'm still pursuing that. Uh, and then I wanted more. So we started a family vlog because my wife, who for the longest time didn't get YouTube, she would not watch YouTube. She wouldn't watch my stuff. She wouldn't watch anybody else's stuff. She didn't get it. Like if you, if you walked up to my wife and said, Hey, check out this funny video on YouTube, but like the change in her face from as soon as you add on YouTube, she just, cause okay, funny videos, I'll watch it. cause funny videos when we grew up was you were supposed to forward it to somebody in an email and then you had to wait for the five minutes for it to download. So it's part of the humor was the anticipation of it. Yeah. And, and her thing was, don't bother me with this. Like now is not the time. Just send it to me. And even then she'd never, but she'd never get around to watching it. So I had to like strap her down to a chair and make her watch this video. And unless it involved like cute elephants or dogs or something, uh, uh-uh, uh, I should have just given up. But then something happened. One of my favorite YouTubers, B double O, started doing a family vlog with his wife mm-hmm. and their daughter. Now they just had a second daughter. Um, pretty name too. They named her Eden. Oh, very nice, very sweet. sweet name. So she started watching their vlogs mm-hmm. and she fell in love. Then she started watching, and my wife likes Minecraft. Then mm-hmm. she started watching his Minecraft, like, wow, he's a great builder. Then she started watching other people. Now she enjoys watching my videos like with my son and so and she's so, all of a sudden enjoying YouTube. So 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 she came around she was watching all these other videos while you're putting out videos yeah, that she's yeah, not she, watching and she's watching these other channels and finally comes around to I believe I'll watch some of this Kyle Blaine plays. So th- this guy sounds interesting. Let's watch him. And I like the sound of his voice. <laughs> his wife sounds like a lovely person. So then we start a family vlog. So now I've got I've got the Kyle Blaine plays. I've got the Meet the Blaines. And then on top of that, my wife says, ooh, we should do a Minecraft series together. So that's a whole nother project. That's un- that's a whole nother project within a hobby. Which which has been amazing. But I, yeah. I'm catching up on it slowly. That, yeah. that video series is amazing. We uh, we, we just got to uh, our final location where we're going to build. Okay. We are so excited because we've been in this village mm-hmm. and like it was kind of a training session for yeah. her, teaching her how to build because she's not a very good builder. Mm-hmm. It's actually, for me, it's kind of like playing in creative mode yeah. in that series because she goes off and collects everything i just build and so it's it's really nice i'll just say hey i need some more i just i need some more dark dark oak wood thanks and then she'll bring it to me like tons of stacks i'm like oh this is awesome so that was another project then brian and i had the idea for the project of this podcast Mm -hmm. 
And you're the same way. You you thought of Let's Code Physics, and I'm sure you have other projects that I, I'm not thinking of and, and ideas that you've had in the past mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. And one of the philosophies I gained from doing that, now we're finally, you know, four minutes into talking about this topic, getting to what I actually wanted to say. This is this this sounds almost more like a motivational, you know, proactive, you know, go get them speech. TED but, Talks from Square Root of Nerd. Yeah, this is this is yeah, this is yeah, this is my TED Talk. So here's the thing that I've learned from doing all of these projects is do your research. Absolutely. You need to do your research, but there's nothing more important than just diving in and doing it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was our first episode. Like, I mean, I go back and I watch our first episode. I have no remorse for anything that happened. No. Yeah. It had problems. There were things that we needed to change. You as a viewer are watching this episode right now going, wow, this one, like it's a different, it's slightly different, like edited differently. It's they, they're talking differently and hopefully I'm talking slower. I have a tendency to talk fast. Uh, and and so that's that's my thing that I've learned is you've got to dive into these things. Mm-hmm. And I thought of something. I've always hated the phrase, and I'd like to know your thoughts on the phrase, mm-hmm. those who can't do teach. Mm. I've always hated that phrase. And I thought of a better phrase. Okay. Those who have done are better teachers. Mm-hmm. They may not be better trained teachers, but it kind of goes back to I'll never forget being in algebra class. And we learned some formula. And I asked the teacher, when will we use this in real life? This was a quadratic formula, wasn't it? No, it was, it was, no. Because that has real purpose, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, no. Everything in math has real purpose. Disclaimer, but go ahead. No, this formula, whether it has a real purpose or not, her answer was because one day you might be a teacher and you'll have to teach it to your students. That, that was my perception of, and and this is no offense to my colleagues in the philosophy department. (laughs) But this was that was my perception of a philosophy class was what am I going to do with this? I'm going to teach philosophy, you know. Yeah, and um, mess kids' brains up. You know, and mess you know, and mess kids' brains up. Now, granted, there's other stuff that you get out of there. You know, there's critical thinking, there's skills that you get out of there. But the details of what Hobbes wrote in Leviathan, <laughs> uh, okay, you know, okay, I I, I I I can now reference Hobbes. I now know who the tiger is named after. It can after. make me sound smarter. It can make me sound smarter, but I don't really know when I'm going to you know, pull that out and use it. But then again, you know, there was an article that came out, I think it was in Chronicle of Higher Education that said, uh, you know, we we, we do teach students uh, things that we don't know how they're going to use it because we don't know what kind of jobs they're going to have 10 years from now. Which is a valid point, you know, and that it, you, nothing seems useful until it becomes necessary. I posted this to Reddit as a scumbag teacher meme, mm-hmm. and a lot of people found it funny, but a lot of people were insulted by me and yeah. my, well, that's a smart aleck answer for a smart aleck question. I'm like, no, it was an honest question, but some people pointed out, sometimes the purpose of knowledge is just the, 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 the purpose of learning is learning. Yeah. Like, it teaches you an idea. Yeah. And I, I said, I'm okay with that answer. I am not okay with the answer because one day you might have to teach it to your yeah. students. Yeah. If, if, if your teacher come back with, because learning is important, you are practicing learning. If you use this formula, great. If you don't, you've still exercised yes. that part of your brain. Perfect example. I took my favorite class mm-hmm. in college, not even statistics. My favorite class in college was, and I don't remember what it was called, to be honest. We, it, this class, we had a giant circuit board in front of us. It was mm-hmm. Dr. Chua. Um, he was like, Mr. Miyagi meets Jackie Chan. Actually, no, I guess he was just Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> he was just this older Chinese guy, but was also very like, like he would just like, he'd hop up on the counter and sit up on the counter. It was like, 
is he a ninja? Because he just did that in a really like really fast fashion. And so anyway, so it was a it was a, we'd have a big circuit board and we'd make you know we'd take knots and ends and oars mm-hmm. and whatever chips and stuff, comparators and well whatever. And you do the wires and stuff. And in the end, what your goal was that you hit a button. And the little lights blinked in a certain order. You know that means you know more about circuits than I do, right? Uh, that doesn't surprise me. Um, <laughs> although this was a very basic circuits. Um, but anyways, it was a fun class because you're, you, you've you got this giant circuit board and mm-hmm. you're like, I made a thing. Yeah. That like counts from zero to nine. Yeah. This is cool. And I'll never forget the last day of that class. There was a final exam and he gave us, uh, it, it was basically like, you know, there's, there's, I think it was two blinking lights. He said, you have to make it blink in an order of like, you know, uh, you know, zero, one, zero, one, and two. <laughs> I was about to do two and flip Brian off. Um, then, but anyways, it has to blink in a certain order in a loop of eight or 10 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you have to make that. So we all met. He gave it to us the week before mm-hmm. the final. We all met. 30 minutes before the final to meet and compare what we came up with on paper uh-huh. because we couldn't take the circuit boards home. Right. We could come and practice in the class, but we, so, you could do it on paper. So it was almost like you, you had to demonstrate in class that you could assemble it. Yes. Not just that you had. And it was a it. come in, assemble mm-hmm. it, show it to me and leave. Mm-hmm. That was our final exam. And so we met before class and we're all comparing papers and we're like, Oh, Ooh, Jack over there has the easiest one. Let's do that. I don't really believe in visions. Mm-hmm. But if I ever had a vision, it was for this exam. <laughs> it was like a spidey sense or something. I sat down at this circuit board and I went, I can do this in four chips. Like we had been using like eight, 10 and 12 <laughs> chips. And I went, oh, I looked at the time. I'm like, oh, I've got time to try this. So I plot these four chips in. I do it. And it took me maybe 20 minutes mm-hmm. in this. What was supposed to take us like 50 minutes. And I said, I'll never forget. I said, Dr. Chua. He's like, yes, you have a question? Yes, Kalsan. Yes, Kalsan. I said, I think I'm done. <laughs> like, like, I didn't believe it myself, but I like tested it over and over. I'm sure everybody else is listening to me going tap, 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 tap on the button. He's like, you think you're done? I was like, this isn't how I planned on making it, but it works. And everyone else is just looking at me like, what? Because it's not like I was bad in the class, but I wasn't one of the good ones. Like some of the kids like really got it. And this, by the way, this was the class that I had, Homer. Do you remember the stories of Homer? Uh, yes, the foreign exchange student who wouldn't show up to. He didn't show up for anything. For so anything. I finally went to Dr. Chua and said, look, I, can, I, can I either get a new partner or do things separately from him? And he's like, you can, but the problem is I don't have any more circuit boards. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you to turn stuff in early mm-hmm. and then wipe the board clean and he has to do it himself. Homer, if you're listening to this, we hope you have found success after, uh, after your oh. undergraduate studies. He was just, oh, he never showed up for any, oh, drove me nuts. So anyway, so I'm like, I think I did it. But anyways, what that class taught me mm-hmm. was logic. Mm-hmm. And all it was was logic with zeros and ones. Mm-hmm. That's where I learned what an exclusive or is and stuff like that. And it taught me logic. And that has spanned out into my life. Mm-hmm. And it almost like hurts my marriage because I think so logically. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like not that my wife isn't logical, but in my mind, you know, actually, we'll talk about this later too, with something. But like in my mind, everything is everything is logic based. Everything is zeros and ones. If it, if I can make it sense with zeros and ones in my mind, then it makes sense. But that's not her language. There there is a there is a Derek Webb song, uh, zeros and ones, and I oh. I think what he's talking the, the chorus is eventually all of this must become zeros and ones, and I think what he's talking about is like 
capturing things on social media or something. Like mm. you have this real experience in life, you take pictures of it, you upload it. You turn it into nothing. You turn it into zeros and ones yeah. and that's all it is. Yeah. Mm. So anyways, long story short, what I learned from that class spread out into other things. Yeah. And so the purpose of knowledge is, is, mm-hmm. is knowledge. So it's back to the original point. Just dive in and do these things. Like if mm-hmm. you like, I see people on the R Let's Play subreddit, uh, and and they're always like, "Well, I don't know if I should start. What do I do for my first episode? Yeah. I don't want to sound stupid. We all sound stupid on our first episode. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Get it out of the way. You will learn more by watching yourself do something. Absolutely. Than just studying for mm-hmm. it in the first place. And yeah. it goes back to. Those who have done mm-hmm. are better at teaching. Yeah. Yeah. So, so your rev- I like your revised saying better than those who can't do teach. Cause obviously that's, you know, that's and just that may be true. Situation. There are some people, there are some people who can do, but they cannot communicate what they're yeah. doing. Yeah. But I would say there's a better chance that yeah. if they have done, they're better at teaching. Well, and actually it reminds me of, and I was going to add this for a future episode. So we might come back to this. There's an article. I think I read it last week. It was uh, from a professor in, and it was an economics professor, I believe somewhere in London, I'd have to look it up, but he was arguing that uh, professors in, in higher education should be required before they are hired to spend a few years working huh. in the corporate world or an in industry or something. Now, I, I kind of took what he was saying with a grain of salt because we don't really have a physics industry. I mean, <laughs> yeah. physics I mean, is academic, you know, it, yeah. un, un, unless, unless you, uh, unless you quote unquote sell out and go work for IBM or something and become a programmer, you know, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're going to be doing physics in some research, mm-hmm. you know, capacity. But he was saying, you know, because we need to be teaching students about leadership and project management and all these sort of, you know, businessy terms. And he said, the only way we can do that is if we've had experience uh, making, I mean, he got really specific and started saying, you know, they need to start to do a startup and, 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 and be an entrepreneur, which is a word I hate with a passion. Um, but nothing we talked about another time. Um, but you know, he was saying that, that you need this experience so that you can teach students how to do it. And I thought, you know, on the one hand, I understand what he's saying that, you know, you know, that, that I do need to be able to lend some credence to my students by me having experience because there is definitely an effect of, students listen more to folks in the field when they say something is important than when the professor says something is important. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I do get those experiences at my job currently because maybe this professor is in some dream job where all he does is teach and research, but we have to lead groups of people and we have to manage projects as educators. Yeah. I have a problem with that because it now changes what you have to teach. Yeah. And maybe maybe it affects how you teach it. Yeah. And you might sprinkle some things in, but but ultimately, and I could see it being that way in certain fields, but ultimately I feel like that's almost one of those things that it's better for them to learn on their own. Yeah. That's a type of that's a type of, of social skill yeah. to learn on your own. Well, and that's the type of thing that gets integrated, for example, into and, and here's your education vocabulary for the day. That's the type of thing that gets integrated into project based learning. Mm. Which is where instead of giving students uh, let's say you want them to learn um, let let's say it's logic gates or something yeah. over the course of a month in a semester. Let's just use a nice mm-hmm. round number for a month. Instead of giving them four homework assignments to do that month, you give them a prompt that says the such and such company, which maybe you make up as a company or maybe it's a real company, mm-hmm. uh, is looking for a circuit that can perform these operations. It needs to cost this much money or less to produce and it needs to work within these parameters, say like speed mm. or temperature or something like that. 
And you might have, as the, as the teacher, you might have an idea of a couple ways to do it, but maybe you haven't quite figured it out yet. And you let your students spend that time working on it in groups. Now you check in on them, you know, you have like progress reports due, things like that. So that way that's not, they're not doing it the night yeah, before, they're yeah. throwing it together. But that, that works against yeah, what Yeah, that works purposes. against the purposes. But part of the purpose is to teach them those team management skills mm-hmm. of Homer is not pulling his weight. And I've tried communicating with him. With, you know? For my senior project in college, I was with a great group of guys that we all came together and said, okay, we had to make a website that did such and such. Mm-hmm. We looked around the table. We, met at a, we always met at a Chinese restaurant or Panera, one of those two. We looked around the table and said, who in here is the most qualified oh, to actually so do this? Mm-hmm. And there was one guy who said, I already do this for a living in my mm-hmm. job. And we said, okay. You take the lead mm-hmm. and tell us what you need us to do. That that is exactly what's supposed to happen in yeah. a, in a PBL scenario. Um, there's and and I've I've slowly tried introducing project based learning. Uh, I do it mostly in my technical communication class where mm-hmm. collaboration is one of the, the learning objectives. Um, but there there's kind of two challenges to it. One is how do you teach people how to collaborate? Yeah. And even if you've been through, you know, the process of of creating a startup and running a business and all this stuff, and then you go into teaching, I'm not sure you know how to teach that explicitly. Yeah. You know, like you have examples to share, but do you know do you know how to s- troubleshoot the students' problems necessarily? Yeah. And the other issue which which that experience doesn't lend itself toward is how do you select the groups? Mm. Because you know, I've tried a lot of different group sorting strategies. There is inevitably the one group of folks who never meet together, who always complain about each other and who throw something together the night before. And you can tell it's thrown together the night before. But, you know, generally the group projects, they, they turn out pretty decent work, it seems like. So, you know, uh, so so I, I like your I like your your revision of it. Um Going back to your, your your kind of main point about, you know, when you're starting something new, dive in, see how it goes. I definitely uh, agree with that. Um, you know, I look back at my first couple of Let's Code Physics videos mm-hmm. and the tone of my voice is so just like, <laughs> oh, we're going to code some physics. All right, here we are. You know, I and I look back on, you know, the types of things that I was trying to accomplish or, or the and I think I can put that in, in words. I think, yeah. you were, I think you were thinking, I need to try to make this as fun as possible, but you weren't realizing anyone who's coming here yeah. to, and is going to watch this is going to find it entertaining yeah. and fun. Yeah. Regardless of how entertaining I sound. Yeah, exactly. Well, and there was also a little bit of excitement and rush on my part of, oh boy, I'm being recorded. Oh man, you know. And, so, and but the other thing I realized is people aren't really going to go back and watch those first videos. And so, no. like, except for humor, especially with a let's play. Yeah. Every now and then, like, if I find a new YouTuber, I'll go. I wonder what they were in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And part of it is I didn't realize this when I was starting out, but the disposability of youtube videos as a medium and really anything that we put out on the internet now is if somebody follows you or subscribes your channel they're going to start following from then on they're not going to binge watch to catch up necessarily you say that but i've had a number of people who started watching Mm -hmm. because of like ftl yeah or or something else i I binge watched ftl and they're like someone just commented Mm -hmm. on my uh my christmas now granted the christmas one was special that was my favorite series of ftl ever but like people do go back and they're watching old ones because because I I took a two week break. Yeah, they were going back and watching old ones in that time. I was like, because every day at two p.m. they need an FTL. Yeah, fix. they need an FTL. Fix. Yeah, but anyway, I say that to say that you know if somebody's considering you know I want to start some new project or something. Look, your first one is going to it's going to have flaws and it's never going to be as good as you would like it to be. In fact, it, it reminds me of advice I got from um, the professor I had in a parallel programming methods class in grad school. 
I don't really remember much else from the class, but I, this <laughs> advice stuck. You know, speaking of what you actually learn to come away with versus yeah. what you do in a class. He said, when you want to learn a new programming language, and I'm, I'm going to spend the summer learning a new programming language. Cool. It's related to the special announcement I'll be making at the AAPT <laughs> summer meeting, July 18th. Um, I'm going to be learning a new programming language. And he said, when you want to learn a new language or a new programming environment or something, the best thing you can do is adopt some small project to practice mm-hmm. on. Work on it for, you know, two to six months. Get, get it as good as you can. Then put it on the shelf and never touch it again. And then move on to the thing you really want to do. Because that first project will never be as good as it could be because you have this, like, mental block on it because you were learning during uh, it. Perfect example. I When I first started taking YouTube very seriously at the beginning mm-hmm. of 2015, I was heavily influenced by Gopher and mm-hmm. Gopher's um, Skyrim series. And I was like, I want to do a big Skyrim series. Yeah. And I started it and I was like, this doesn't feel right. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stop this. And now I started this Asher series mm-hmm. of Skyrim and I'm like, this is what I wanted it to be. So it was good. That I, I'm very glad that I put it aside and, and just like you said, put it on the shelf and don't just don't worry about it. Don't yeah. touch it. Just let it be its thing. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. It sucked. That's okay. Yeah. Move on. Yeah. Would another way of, of phrasing what you're saying be, and this is uh, when I was, I actually, this was on, um, this is on the hello internet uh, uh, subreddit where somebody had posted a video where they were saying they were trying to create a CGP gray like video. Uh-huh. And they actually, they did a really good job with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and people, you know, people were pointing out, you know, things that they could do better, but they were pointing out constructively mm-hmm. and they said, kudos to you for putting something out there because it's better to put out something mediocre to get yourself started than it is to keep saying, I'm going to make this someday and not yes. releasing it until it's perfect. Yes, is that absolutely. another way of saying it? Absolutely. Okay. So Brian, you went and watched Wrestling Isn't Wrestling. I did watch Wrestling Isn't Wrestling. What did you think of Wrestling Isn't Wrestling? Uh, I I generally enjoyed it. Um, uh, so so for those who haven't watched it, if you'd like to, you can you can pause, go watch. It. It's about a twenty five minute long yeah. video. I forgot to clarify last time. Yeah, it has a lot of language. It it has a bit of language. <laughs> it's it's used. The language is used comically. It's not like yeah. there, there's not anybody actually threatening anybody or something. But but there is some language to it. So you know if you if you can stomach Head, it. Headphone alert. Yeah, headphone alert. You know <laughs> you know not not safe for work or kids around. You know, um, basically it's it's a wrestling fan. Uh, or it's a group of wrestling fans. I kind of got the idea later on that it was a production company, not a or YouTube production group, not mm-hmm. a not a single uh, solitary guy. Um, but it's basically this guy making an argument that um, it's it's it, well, I guess it's a counter argument to the statement wrestling is fake. You know, professional wrestling yes. is fake, and he's saying we know it's fake, and here's what it, it's not supposed to be real. Here's what it's supposed to be. The summary is it's a show about mm-hmm. a wrestling show. Yes, and he and he he illustrates this by going through the uh, saga that began in the eight late 90s I, yeah uh, like he, 19, well yeah it was mid to late 90s mid to late 90s yeah uh to today still going on of i'm gonna get the names wrong triple h and sean sean michaels Very yes. good. yeah yes. sean michaels is pretty much gone now okay uh triple h is actually well sort of he's a background charge. character now yeah now well he's 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 he married he married mm-hmm. Stephanie. Yes. Still is married to Stephanie. Has kids with Stephanie. They're happily married. And, and you know, here's a term to teach you. Kayfabe. Kayfabe? Kayfabe. I think it's, is it kayfabe or kayfabe? Kayfabe. It's basically the idea that they're, that, that it's the idea that uh, if someone breaks kayfabe, 
that means they've revealed something that's not a part of the storyline of wrestling. Okay. So it's, so it's almost like uh, breaking the fourth wall. It is basically kind of? breaking the fourth wall. Okay. Okay. And so like anytime mm-hmm. something serious happens in in like the world or whatever, um, or even serious within wrestling, perfect example, Undertaker, mm-hmm. probably the most iconic, well-known res- wrestler ever except for maybe hulk hogan but yeah. maybe well depending on the generation you grew up in i guess well and they were kind of in the same generation and mm-hmm. that's actually i don't know if that match ever happened i'd, I'd like to do research but the, the the match that's like the dream match that everyone wants to happen is sting versus undertaker okay so anyways the undertaker never breaks kayfabe if you see the undertaker he is the undertaker right. like when they have like you know susan g Komen's breast cancer awareness thing Undertaker doesn't go out there. That's yeah. not something Undertaker would do. Because that would not be an Undertaker's character. Exactly. Being a warrior, priest, you know, cult leader. I am standing up for these women. You know, that's not, that's yeah. just not what he yeah. would do. Yeah. So Undertaker, when Ric Flair retired mm-hmm. the first time, <laughs> he, he had his last match against Shawn Michaels, which was the most heartbreaking moment in, in wrestling history. Mm-hmm. Ric Flair was like Shawn Michaels' mentor. Everybody mm-hmm. loved Ric Flair. And... And he actually, I can't believe he actually had to say the dialogue of, I'm going to put you down like old yeller. Oh my God. Like he actually had to say that dialogue building up to the match because the match stipulation was if Shawn Michaels won, Ric Flair had to retire. Yeah. So before Shawn Michaels does his finisher move, sweet chin music, which is a swift kick to the chin. um, Before he does the kick, Rick knows it's coming. He's in tears. He knows this is the last moment in wrestling ever. It really was emotional. Shawn Michaels, before he does this, and this whole time, remember, building up to it, Shawn Michaels has been wanting to put him down like old yeller. Mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels is in tears, looks at Ric Flair and says, I'm sorry, I love you, and then kicks him right in the jaw. <laughs> and it was, so, I know it's laughable, but it's so sad that yeah. like... You, to in see the moment, them, it makes perfect sense. Yes, and, it, and that broke kayfabe because mm-hmm. that wasn't a part of the story. Mm-hmm. Another example is there was a house show, which is a show that's not aired on television. Mm-hmm. Like they go do these house shows, especially overseas. Um Back before uh, Kevin Ash and Scott Hall, who mm-hmm. were in the NWO back in the day, before they left to go to WCW for the NWO, they had a final match with, I think it was Triple H and Shawn Michaels. And the four of them were buddy-buddy. Mm-hmm. So after this house show event, knowing this was their last time wrestling together, they were supposed to be hating each other in the ring. Mm-hmm. But because it was their last match together and in kayfabe, they're, you know, they're, 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 Outside of kayfabe, they were friends. They all shared a big hug. Well, fans took video of it, and it mm-hmm. went online, and Vince McMahon lost it. He got so mad. Actually, Vince McMahon recently, speaking of going out of character, you're going to like this. A former Florida Gator football player, Titus O'Neil, just came back from a suspension because after some recognition of somebody and all the wrestlers were out on stage, Vince McMahon turns to walk backstage. And, like, everybody, of course, is letting Vince McMahon mm-hmm. through because he's Vince McMahon. And Titus O'Neil jokingly like grabs his arm like, hey, buddy. <laughs> and like Vince like jokes back with him. It was caught on camera. Mm-hmm. They thought the cameras had gone off. They thought they were off the air. Titus O'Neil got suspended for like three months for that one <laughs> little thing because Vince is all about not breaking kayfabe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember how we got on kayfabe, but we got on kayfabe. I, I, I started to recap the, the video's <laughs> contents. Yeah, so. Uh, so anyway, so the, the guy says, here's an example of the type of story that we have in wrestling. That was basically his, his thesis was wrestling is all about um, – is basically all about story. It, the the, narr- the narrator comes this close to invoking the hero's journey uh, literary oh, really? device, um, which if, if you watch this video and then watch um, Glove and Boots's video on the hero's journey where they mm-hmm. show how a- Adam Sandler movies have 
fallen away from the hero's journey, which is why yeah. we don't like them anymore. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the two videos, I think, kind of dovetail well together. Uh, but anyway, so, so, he spend, so he spends, you know, 20 minutes going over this. And then in the last couple minutes, wraps up with saying, this is the type of story we watch wrestling to see. We don't watch it because we're interested in watching a sport. We're interested in watching it because it's our, it's, it's, it's just like following Game of Thrones. Or it's just like following, um, or it's just like watching Lost. Or it's just like uh, uh, the ancient Greeks following mythology. Yeah, yeah. Which which was the line that stuck with me, for a reason I'll come back to in a, in a minute. Um, but what I appreciated was that the video basically shows you what's going on inside a wrestling fan's mind mm-hmm. when they are watching it. So that it kind of strips away this idea of... Uh, of of you coming up, of somebody coming up and saying, Kyle, you know that the wrestling on on Channel Thirty Four is fake, right? You know, uh, I, you know, I was reminded of the line in Liar Liar where Jim Carrey, where his son <laughs> asked, "Is wrestling real?" and he says, "In the Olympics, yes." On Channel Thirty Seven, no. <laughs> um, and, and they and they show the quote at the end. Uh, no, it's not fake. It's just predetermined or, yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's you know, scripted. it's scripted. Scripted. Excuse me. Um, and so I appreciated that. I appreciated that it gave an insight in the mind of this is why wrestling fans watch wrestling. It's what they're interested in. It didn't necessarily convince me to be interested no, and in wrestling. Ex- I didn't you know, expect no. it to. And, th- and that's not the purpose of the video. The purpose of the video is to say, here's what's going on in our minds but, when we watch this. But that video mm-hmm. wanted to make me get back into it. Yes. Um, something you said I want to hit on. You, mm-hmm. you mentioned that we don't watch wrestling for the sake of sport. Mm-hmm. While that's true. We do very strongly appreciate someone who is good in the ring. Yeah, yeah. And 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 a perfect wrestler is good on the mic and good in the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, perfect example of this is Kevin Owens, mm-hmm. who and he he fits the bill. And everybody loves Kevin Owens. He fits the bill for the perfect wrestler for three reasons. He's good on the mic. He is good in the ring, and he's a fatso. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look like a wrestler. Like there are there uh, there. Um, there people you know people hold up signs his phrase is fight owens fight fight owens fight that was his phrase anyways back at nxt which is the developmental branch of wwe um but people people will go like you know write signs referring to you know kevin you know um exercise owens exercise and you know owens needs to lose weight and stuff like this like because he's a fat dude and so like so he's got it all Whereas someone like Bill Goldberg, you remember Goldberg? Mm-hmm. Goldberg. Goldberg Goldberg killed kenny yes yeah no so goldberg he was not good on the mic and WCW knew this. And actually I, heard, I watched a video the other day about Goldberg is really the only wrestling superstar that came out of WCW that WCW made. Mm-hmm. Ted Turner owned WCW. He could buy out wrestlers from other places that who, that already had a developed character. Right. Goldberg was the mm-hmm. one character that they developed that did good, but he couldn't talk. He was just this big dude who killed people. Mm-hmm. Like he would legitimately have matches that went two minutes long. That was his gimmick. Mm-hmm. He would defeat you in two minutes as opposed to twenty. Um, so yeah. So while we don't enjoy it for sport, that is a huge aspect of it because if someone isn't good in the ring, right. I generally don't like them. Right. So so I guess what I mean by that is is they're not watching it to see way, who we're not watching it to be like rooting like wins. you're gonna win yeah. you're gonna win yeah. no 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 it's 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 not like say football where you are following a team you're rooting for a team when your team gets out of the playoffs you're in this dilemma of do i root for the guys who beat us or do i root for the guys they're playing against who happen to be our rivals you know it's, yeah. you know for florida fans it's the when fsu plays alabama who do you root for that kind of thing yes you, it's not like you're faced with that kind of it's like faced with that kind of dilemma and here's the thing i like that wrestling does with the storylines is it puts us in situations that I can't imagine another show putting us in. Hmm. And because 
um, because you, and you kind of go backstage and think in your mind like what are they thinking because the 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 writers on the show and the and the owners of the corporation you know you want to get in their mind and be like why did they just do that like what mm-hmm. do they have planned coming mm-hmm. up in the future a perfect example of this <clears throat> right now uh, the world heavyweight champion is Roman Reigns mm-hmm. former Jaguar player for two weeks and then he was let go um, Roman Reigns who's this big Samoan dude he's actually the Rock's cousin I believe and he he's the world heavyweight champion and we hate him mm-hmm. he's okay in the ring he's bad on the mic. Vince McMahon just has a history of promoting big guys. Mm-hmm. You're a big guy. You can do this, you know. And so we boo him. They literally finally stopped turning down the boos. Mm-hmm. Like in, 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 the, in the production room, they would turn down the audience mic so, the, so that the television audience couldn't hear the boos because it's deafening. Mm-hmm. So we don't like him. Well. And you're not supposed to like him. He well, is... No. Oh. They wanted us to like oh. him. And then they were like, okay, let's. Let's, uh, what are we going to do? Let's, let's do this to make him look like he's a face. Cause there's the term face and heel. I don't know if that term is used anywhere else. Face are the good guys. Okay. They're the face of the company is what the, what is okay. John Cena is a face. You're supposed to like him, but we don't because he's potato salad. He's bland. I like him. And he's him, Superman. He's Superman. And people don't like Superman because you... there's no storyline involved with Superman. Exactly. He wins. And he, and he acknowledges that his theme song yeah. is bam, 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 bam. And the audience sings, John Cena sucks. <laughs> John And he comes out and he directs them as they. <laughs> Scene. He is a ham about it, and he's hilarious. I like John Cena, but I'm one of the only people above the age of 14 who likes him. So anyways, the former heavyweight champion was Seth Rollins. He lost the belt because he got injured. So he didn't technically lose the belt. He had it taken away from him because he was going to have to recuperate. So he came back, and he did his finisher move to Roman Reigns on this past Sunday night, and it's like, yes, Seth Rollins is back. Now, Seth Rollins is a heel. He mm-hmm. left a heel. We're supposed to hate Seth Rollins, mm-hmm. but he was great on the mic, mm-hmm. and he was great in the ring, and he was great at being this whiny brat heel. Mm-hmm. He was so good. So we booed him because we're supposed to, but secretly we loved him. Mm-hmm. And then when he got injured, we were like heartbroken, like, oh no, what are they going to do? Like in, in WWE, had a lot of injuries that really hurt them, but that was the biggest one. Mm-hmm. John Cena as well. He's coming back on this uh, tomorrow night um, for the first time in months because he got injured. Mm-hmm. So now they've got Roman Reigns, or now they got Seth Rollins coming back, and he knocks out Roman Reigns, and we're freaking out because there were all these rumors about Seth Rollins is going to come back a face. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be a heel. He's going to come back a face because his new his new like slogan is rebuild, restructure, re whatever. Like oh, he's going to be different. So he comes back after after laying out Roman Reigns, the guy we can't stand. And they finally, by the way, they did finally transition Roman Reigns to okay. They really don't like anything we're doing with him. Let's make him heal. And so he came out and he said, come on. Everybody's booing him. He's like, come on. I'm not a bad guy. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy, which is the classic heel thing. I was actually talking to a friend about this earlier mm-hmm. who thinks they're still trying to make Roman Reigns a face. And I think mm-hmm. it kind of might be the case now, but they're trying to make him a face by saying that. And I disagree. A heel isn't someone you, a heel isn't, isn't someone who comes out and says, I am a bad guy. A heel is someone who comes out and says, I'm the guy. Yeah. I'm the best. You know, that's who we don't like. We want an underdog. So, so, so as part of it that goes on, they, they have an idea of what they want to do with the characters. They see how the audience responds and, and, we're and then the they wild adjust. Card. We're the okay. wild card. They should adjust, but they don't always. Okay. So anyway, Seth Rollins comes out on Monday night and the crowd is going wild. I was getting excited watching it on my iPad. And he comes out and he's like, did you guys miss me? 
And we're like, yeah! And he's like, you guys sent me letters and emails and all this stuff. And you know what I did with them? I burned them. <laughs> I don't need you. Where were you when I was back as the world heavyweight champion? You booed me then because we were supposed to. Yeah. And now you cheer me. I don't need you. And at this point, we're booing him because we have to. Yeah. So WWE thinks, yes, it's working perfectly. Yes. But then they, he comes out again on Thursday night. These people have seen Raw. They mm -hmm. knew it happened on Monday night. They continue to cheer. Yay! Yay! And they basically do the same gimmick again. And what, w what WWE has done now is they put us in a situation where there's someone they want us to cheer for, but we boo them mm -hmm. for good reason. But then there's someone they want us to boo, but we cheer them for good reason. Because even as a heel, we like him. Is is this is is wrestling fans the type of community where somebody could post to Reddit and say, Everybody, let's keep cheering this guy and booing this guy and see what the see what the, the producers do. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did that, but it, it's going to happen naturally. Yeah. And but, but and maybe they are trying to do a turn of let's swap swap their places. Yeah. But the natural thing to do would have been to. Oh Better no! Our, ba our battery on our camera just died. That's okay. We're just going to keep going. Yeah. I'll put up a graphic and we'll just keep going. We're almost done with the show. We can animate so it. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, anyways, that. They do things that make you go, what are they thinking? But, mm -hmm. you, but you're so like, – it's like Lost. Yeah. You're watching it and you're going, what What are the writers going to do yeah. about this? Because you knew watching Lost, like, surely they don't have this planned out yet. Yeah. They don't know what they're going to do with this character and how are they going to do this and who are the others and blah, 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 blah. So it kind of – I honestly relate it more to Lost than mm -hmm. anything else. Because Lost had a little bit of interaction with the audience, like – I, I don't think Hurley was supposed to be as big a deal, but then because the audience loved him, yes. they they wrote him in more. Now that obviously happens in wrestling. Yeah. When they have a new group come out, it's like, oh, they hit a big perfect example, New Day. Mm -hmm. The 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 three black guys in purple and yellow and yeah. he's got the trombone and stuff. Like they they were pretty big, but then and and they went over fairly well. And they went to Vince or the writers or who well really Vince ultimately and said, Hey, we have this idea. We want to do this. And it worked. They said, okay, now we want to do this. And they let them, and it worked. And now they're to the point where they basically tell them, you go do what you want. Mm -hmm. They literally went out to a show uh, when, uh, somewhere, and, and they were like, um, they get up on the, on the in the ring, and they go to do their general things that they always do. Because, you know, the, uh, wrestlers have their generic statements that they start mm -hmm. off with. And they come out, and he's like, the new day. And, like, Xavier Woods pauses. And the crowd just erupts. All he said was the name of their tag team, and they erupt. And that's a, here's another term to teach you. They were over. They are over with the crowd. Like, the crowd mm -hmm. is in love with them. They can do no wrong. Now, here's what's funny. The New Day are technically heel because they cheat to win. Right. They have three people in a tag team competition with two people. Mm -hmm. um, and what's interesting is they share the belts between the three of them, but that's just that's yeah. something that happened in the past, like, decade or so. But anyway, so maybe longer. Uh, but they're supposed to be heel, but we love them mm -hmm. because they're so funny and we want to see them win. Now, they do go up against other heels, but but there are faces that are more face than New Day is. And so we still cheer for New Day when they win uh -huh. only because we love them, but they're technically heel because they cheat. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the definitive thing about heel is obviously that it's, they cheat. Yeah, yeah. So 
question about uh so so this this video you know goes over one storyline how many of these storylines are going on at a time or is it all it's just a one good question mashup? they generally have you will generally have a top men's storyline and a top women's storyline because mm -hmm. the women's wrestling has gotten a lot better they actually stopped calling it the <laughs> they stopped calling it the divas division mm -hmm. that was stupid um it degraded the women in it because they're very good um, back in my day, there was only one, as far as I'm concerned, there was really only one women's wrestler, and that was China, and she was beefy. Actually, rest in peace. She just died. Poor thing. Um, she went, poor thing. You want to talk about poor thing. Now, it was her own fault because she, I think she got into drugs and she did like pornographic movies and stuff like that. But it got to the point where when she was let go from WWE, they said, you can't be China. Okay, like you can't you, use the you, name. That is or, not yeah. who you are anymore. We own China. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where, like, if fans saw her, you, you're going to recognize her because she's a huge woman, mm -hmm. like, very muscular. Like, you would recognize her. And, like, I think it got to the point where she was like, I can't I can't sign anything you give me as mm -hmm. China. Mm -hmm. If you have something else, I can sign it as Joni Lar, but that's that's mm -hmm. it. She ended up going in, I think she was an English teacher overseas because she, like, had to go to a different yeah. world that didn't know her as China. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, so yes, there are generally yeah. two main storylines going on in the men's and the women's divisions, and then there's other ones because you got to realize there's different belts. There's right. the there's the heavyweight belt, the intercontinental belt, the um, or sorry, Vince McMahon doesn't like calling them belts because a, a belt is something that holds up your trousers. That is literally something. Uh, one of the funniest things, if you want to go look up um, Vince McMahon WWE commentator notes. Mm -hmm. Every night he gives them a list of things that like he wants them to say specifically about wrestlers or what pop culture events he wants them to list. And like one of the reminders on one of the sheets that got leaked was don't call it a belt, call it a title. A belt is something that holds up your trousers. <laughs> Even though it's a belt that we put around our waist. Actually, they don't usually carry it over the yeah, shoulders. Yeah. But with each belt, there's a different story. Now, what's funny is for the past year, the biggest storylines have been the lower belts mm -hmm. because they're the younger, more exciting right. people to watch. Like Kevin Owens is one of those. Mm -hmm. And then there's this guy, Cesaro, who's this like rich Italian dude. Oh, hey! And like, you know, he's just really cool. So it's these new guys we want to see because it's these old guys like Roman Reigns who we're tired of. Mm -hmm. So, yes, there are multiple storylines, but there's usually one big one. But then you've also got t the tag team belt as well, which is a whole nother storyline mm -hmm. because you've got groups of people, you know, fighting yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. And so... That's sort of the summary of the of the video, um, and and the things, the types of things that it contains and talks about. <laughs> and it gave me an opportunity to ramble about yes. wrestling. If which you is enjoyed fun. Kyle's ramblings, go watch this video. It's basically that focused on two guys. Um, I I enjoy the video. I, I learned pretty well from it. I kind of thought that, and this is a general frustration of mine. So this is a bit of my personality coming out. Yeah. I kind of thought it maybe relied too heavily and too long on the example. Uh -huh. Like, like it was trying to teach this concept of wrestling isn't wrestling. Wrestling is mythology. That, that, that to me is, is the, it's the six word summary of it. And I kind of feel like if he had said that at the beginning, <laughs> I would have gotten it. I could have taken, you know, a five or 10 minute example instead of a 20 minute example and said, okay, I understand because actually about two minutes into it, as, as he was describing, I said, this sounds like a history teacher reciting yeah. a Greek myth. You know, and I, I think the importance of it was, though, to show you that the reason wrestling fans are so um, like insanely into wrestling mm -hmm. is because it's a commitment. Yeah, it's a long term commitment. Now, I took a break for a while, but there are still storylines from when I was 
watching wrestling yeah. in, in yeah. like the, the mid-90s, there are still storylines that have carried over. Yeah. For instance, Vince McMahon's son just came back. Mm-hmm. He began when I was watching wrestling. Yeah. And he was doing stupid things like falling off of rafters and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And he's still doing it now. But there was a break there when I took a break that he took a break. And it's like, whoa, he's been gone. I've been gone. <laughs> you know? And, like, so there's still things that are that are yeah. carrying through. Yeah. It's really, really cool. Yeah. But what it, what it brought up for me, and maybe we can talk about this more another time, is, you know, my students, they always want, you know, these examples. They want me to teach them examples yeah. and everything. I always say... I'm always hesitant because I want to say, I, I want you to work out the example. You know, I, you know, the, the, the concept is transferable to all of these things. I don't want you to have it stuck in your head. I learned this example today. Tomorrow I will learn another example. And that, then again, that's also my personal learning style coming through. Whenever the, whenever teachers would, would bring up examples, I would always say, okay, get to the point, you know? Yeah. Get to the point. Well, and, and, and as well, your example probably wouldn't resonate them. Yeah. Likely, you know? Yeah. So because my interests don't line up with their interests yeah. that much. Hmm. But I'm glad you watched it. Thank you. I'm glad you. Thank you for sharing. I'm glad it. you enjoyed it, for the most part. Yes. <laughs> I think we need like some kind of gimmicky intro for RNG, like some like you know flourish of music or or something. I'll, I don't know. I'll or, do something. Or it's I may time do. For... A, I may do a cheesy RNG. RNG. Ridiculous number generator is the close of the show where uh, we describe some number that is either ridiculously big or ridiculously small. Uh, For our second one, we have another ridiculously big number. So I'm going to try to find a ridiculously small number for the next one. Okay. Um, Today's number is 100. I just realized this feels like Sesame Street. Yeah. The letter of the day is (laughs) W. Yeah. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by the letter W. You know, so today's number is 196 million trillion. 196 million trillion. I wasn't, I, I, I wasn't able to make it onto Wikipedia to find if there's a compact name for that. But this is 1.96 times 10 to the 20th. Okay. So this is one, 1.96 with 20 zeros after it. Or if you like 196 with 18 zeros after it. Okay. Know how you would like to count okay. it. Uh, this is, by my estimate, uh, the number of possible card combinations to play with in Dominion. Given you know what's the funny is expansions. I saw that in the notes, and I'm listening to you give that number, and I had honestly forgotten that that was – wow. Yeah. Wow. So a little bit of background on this number. So hang on one second. Yes. That is all the current sets without empires. This is all the current expansions, not Empires, which is coming out this month. Um, so to, to give you an idea of, of where this number comes from, this is this is coming from this idea of combinations. Yeah. Right. So the, the example I use in class is the Avengers movies. So we're coming back to the Avengers. Yep. So in the first Avengers movies, there were, let's just say, four Avengers. You know, there's also Hawkeye and Black Widow, but you know, you were really there to see four of them. That's six possible combinations of Avengers, right? You can have Iron Man with Thor, you can have Iron Man with Captain America, Iron Man with the Hulk, et cetera, et cetera. Because that's basically what the movie revolved around was how many different scenarios can we put the pairs in? Yeah. As you add more Avengers, there's more and more possible pairings, you know. And the formula for this uh, number of combinations goes up faster than exponential. Right. Yes. So you think about uh, about you know exponential growth and how and how much that is. This goes up with a factorial. 
Yes. Right, do you remember what a factorial I, is? I don't remember school? what it is, but I understand. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where it's like uh 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 you, you, that's the exclamation points, right? It's the exclamation mark. Yeah. You take a number, <laughs> so you take like for example six, mm-hmm. and you multiply by all the numbers that come before right. it. Right. So six yes, times yes, five yes, times yes, four yes. times three. It's a little more complicated than that because you need to take the number of items factorial divided by the number you're picking factorial times the difference between the factorial. Gotcha. But overall, it goes up like a factorial. And, and when you initially said it doesn't include the empires that's coming out, it's like like my first thought was that's going to make it insanely larger. It's going to make it insanely larger. More more. It's, it's not going to like double. It's going to make it increase by several orders of magnitude. Yeah. So to give you an idea of, of, of how much this comes up, let's imagine. So so for those who don't know, I probably should have given this at the beginning. Dominion is a card game where uh, it's, it's a deck building game. So it's sort of like all the work you do before Magic the Gathering building your deck. But that is the game is building your deck. Um, and... Part of the fun is you play with a different set of cards every time. So the cards you have available changes. So there's currently, um, oh, I did not get the the number somewhere. There's there's you know a couple hundred cards available right now, and you only play with ten at a time. Usually, there's an exception to that. Um, you only play with ten at a time, and so part of the fun is choosing which cards you play with. So you either choose based on a theme, or you choose them randomly, or you take turns choosing them. You know, there's all sorts. Or you're going to scavenger hunt and choose them. There's all sorts of you know yeah. fun things you can do. So let let's scale it down. Let's imagine there are only eleven Dominion cards. Let's say you got a set, an expansion set of Dominion that had eleven cards. So for you to choose. 10 of those cards there's 11 possible combinations because you're basically choosing which one card to leave out yes right so that boils down to that let's say you had 12 cards in a set the number goes up to 66 possible combinations just going from 11 to 12 makes the number of combinations go from 11 combinations to 66 combinations Let's say you add in one more card. Let's say you now have a library of 13 cards, which is a pretty respectable expansion set. You know, that's like, I think Alchemy has 13. Yeah. That one, you have 286 combinations. If you had 14 cards to choose from, you would have 1,001 possible combinations. <laughs> do you see? Do you get an idea of maybe maybe for the graphic, you can put up a graph of, how many, of how what many these cards are do. in the base set? In the base game, in the base set, there's available? 25. Okay. In the base set, there are 25 cards available. So in the base set alone, the very first set you buy, that's 3.3 million combinations. Golly! That is 3.3 oh. times 10 to the 6 possible combinations. What which a is, great game. Which is why the game never gets old, because yeah. you can make one swap and suddenly you've got a different game. Now, that doesn't mean that all of those games are going to be interesting, because mm-hmm. you might mm-hmm. end up picking a bunch of cards that you don't like. Mm-hmm. Right? So there are some cards I generally don't play with because I haven't figured out what they're useful for You could for buy yet. it and you could buy into an idea and go, yeah. oh, this doesn't work. Yeah. But still, the idea is it's there for you to explore. And each game takes, you know, half an hour to play. So there's not really a waste of your time yeah. there. But that is another interesting number that comes up. So let's assume that, uh, that an average game takes about 30 minutes. Right. Sometimes they can take 15, sometimes they can take an hour, depending on the mechanics mm-hmm, you have in play. Mm-hmm. So if you were to play nonstop, if you're playing nonstop Dominion, to get through all of these 1.96 times 10 to the 20, this 196 million trillion games, it would take you 1.12 times 10 to the 16 years. That's 11.2 quadrillion years to play through them all. Wow. That is nearly 800,000 times the age of the universe. 
Wow. So, so, so in physics and math, sometimes we 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 say the number is <laughs> is nearly infinite, which sounds ridiculous at first because it's like no, no, there's always an infinite amount greater than greater than that number. Well, we mean physically, if you take like the age yeah. of the universe, if it's huge compared to the age or size of the universe, to where you could not exhaust it basically, over the lifetime of the universe, infinite. it's basically infinite. Wow. And so now you imagine when Empires comes out, it's going to add another 20-something cards. Oh, I didn't include it wow. because we didn't know for sure. And by the way, this is – I should give the disclaimer. This is an upper bound because I'm breaking some of the rules about like when you can include the platinum in the colony. Yeah. You know, yeah. things like that, which you can technically do even though it's against the rules. I mean – Donald X is not going to come to your house and knock on the door and say, you should be using platinums in this game, you know? So this is an upper bound, but you, it's only going to get bigger every time they come wow. out with more expansions. Um, you saying quadrillion, make a note, reminds me, because I had never heard of the, 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 the size quadrillion. Yeah. Make a note, another RNG I'd like you to cover is how big the Minecraft world is. Oh, yes. That'd All be a right. good one. And I know it's in the quadrillions, spoiler alert. Yes. But it'd be fun to talk about that. Minecraft and and, and, and write this down as well. Uh, I believe one block is three meters. I believe you are correct um, because I had to look that up when I was building my scale model of the Old Testament tabernacle in Minecraft, <laughs> <laughs> which was actually fun because like I made it scale size so that like I could walk around in it. And like I got into the, the Holy of Holies. It was like, this is surprisingly small. Like oh. it was only a few blocks wide in terms that's, of Minecraft. Dude, yeah. that's brilliant. Yeah, it was fun. Wow. So anyway, there's your RNG. 196 million trillion. Well, that's it for the Square Root Podcast. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Uh, if you want to find us, you can find me at Kyle Blaine Plays on Twitter and on YouTube as well. Or you can find uh, the podcast itself at Square Root. Wait, what's our what's our Twitter? Twitter is, is Square Root Nerd. Square Root Nerd on no Twitter. Of. And you can find me on Twitter at Let's Code Physics or at W Brian Lane on YouTube, uh, Let's Code Physics. And if you have been watching this on YouTube and you'd like to listen, uh, the podcast is available on iTunes and you can generally find it on your preferred podcasting app. Or if you're listening to it and you'd like to see us, unless the camera battery dies, you can find us on YouTube as well. I think that about wraps it up. Yeah, I think that'll be good. All right. Stay rooted, everybody.